This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the This Week in Rays Baseball podcast. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Thanks very much and welcome to our latest podcast. Certainly has been a busy week for Rays baseball. Lots of news. Carlos Gomez arriving, playing his first game Wednesday. Jose De Leon likely going to need Tommy John surgery, the second race prospect to do so. And we'll uh, talk to Mark Topkin about that. We'll also talk to Mark about what I think is probably one of the more interesting points of the week, and that's the Rays are going to go to a five-man rotation, but with four set starters and kind of rotating through who that guy is who begins the game every fifth day, at least when they need a fifth starter, and that the Rays may do this not only early when they have eight off days in the first uh, 30-some-odd or 38 or so of the season, but the fact that they may do this more regularly going through. So I figure probably the best thing to do is to hear it directly from Kevin Cash, who spoke about this topic on Wednesday, and here's his scrum with reporters. Would you rather have your guy... uh that you know, once you go to five, would you would you rather have that guy coming out of the bullpen who's a stretched out guy in the bullpen, or would you rather have it somebody coming up from the minors who's been totally stretched out? Go to five. Up what do you mean? In the rotation. Yeah, I, I look. I don't think our plan. We're not going to five. We're going to try to stay at four. We're going to have some bullpen days in there. And we're going to try to do that for a long period of time. We'll, we're going to learn a lot in the first six weeks. No, but I meant when you do go to five. Right. We're going to schedule in a bullpen day. As our fifth starter. Okay. That's kind of the hope. So maybe uh, even going past those first six past, weeks, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Yeah. So you might stay with four all the way long. Yeah. Is that a, kind of a change in the original plan then? No. We just haven't said it till today. <laughs> <laughs> it's very old school. What is, yeah, what is some of the thinking behind that? It, I think it goes back over to the, um, you know, the different looks to the lineups. And if we've got a, uh, a core group of guys that are available to give three, four inning outings, then you know we're going to shorten their looks for the opposition and bring another guy in. So I think that's the hope. But like I said, we're going to try to take the first six weeks and find out a if little bit works, about yeah. that. Yeah, have a better idea. Have yeah. a better idea. Yeah. Having Nate be part of that does that kind of put a little bit of a question mark on it since you don't know how his workload is going to be. Uh. No, we don't know how his workload is, but I mean, with Nate, I think we're we're probably going to limit him. Uh, we've talked to him about managing him pretty closely to the vest the first six weeks, and then we'll we'll probably get a sense of where he's at and how he's bouncing back. I mean, with the off days, it allows all those guys to get an extra day here or there, uh, and he's probably at the priority of that list of needing that to, rather than going on just a straight five man rotation where he's got to pitch every fifth day. Uh, that's a lot out of the gate. So I, I don't know where we'll be with Nate in six weeks. But he could maybe bounce around a little bit in that schedule within the days he pitches. You're saying he might get an extra day here and there. And well, they're order. all going to have to have extra right. days because of the off days. Right. I thought you said maybe you'd take him out of order then and give him some extra days. No, no, no. No, no he's staying in the order, yeah. So the key will be once you get past the first 10 days and you can start shuffling guys is to get some fresh arms up if you need them. Yeah, but I mean, look, we're, we're with the off days, 
you know, unless we run into some extra inning games and stuff like that, which are kind of out of the control, but if we're playing regular games, nine inning games, clean games, we should be okay. I mean, I don't think we're going into this situation saying we're looking to shuffle guys. We want to see, uh, we got to find out the next three weeks now who bounces back, who can get on the mound, throw two or three innings, and who can bounce back three days later and pitch. So, so are, I mean, are you looking at your starters to give you, you're saying three, four innings instead of? No. Okay. I mean, no. you'd still want them to be Starters are going to start. Yeah. Starters are starting. Okay. Yeah. Is there any chance not to begin the year, but at some point, if this works, that you might go with a nine-man pennant sometimes and one less position player if you do four we starters? We haven't talked about that. Okay. haven't even discussed that. I wouldn't think so. It sounds like what you're saying today is the four-man could go all year if it works. Yeah, we want to we want to see what you know what it's capable of, and I mean, I, not to blow it out of proportion, it's still it's going to be a rotation to where uh, you're going to have the consistency with the starters, but when we can plug in extra days with that bullpen to to add, you know, see where an off day is on the schedule, and then plug in a bullpen day to get those guys another day. Um, you know, the one thing like with Archer looking the last couple years, Arch takes the ball every fifth day, and I think all of them would say that getting those extra days middle of the year is beneficial, especially for that August-September stretch. But, but is that a reflection a little bit on who is available for the fifth spot or just that you want to go with four guys? No, I think it's a reflection of who we have available. We feel like we have a lot of good pitchers, and we want to get them all their reps and not not limit somebody and not get use out of that guy that gets – kind of odd man out by not being in the rotation i mean because i know what i know myself i'd speculated that guys like bonda and you know yarbrough and those guys would be go back down and stretch out and then come in but all of them would be in the hunt to be kind of this guy this bullpen hybrid yeah they all that's that's kind of the message that they were all given when they came in and we said by march 15th we'd have a better understanding of which way they'll go uh, whether they'll continue their their build up to get more innings or whether they'll stay at that two, three inning mark and then we'll start seeing how they bounce back on shorter days. So the first six weeks will then determine if you can continue it all year or keep going forward. Yeah, and we're not going to judge. We, look, we don't judge anything over six weeks period, but we'll get a lot of information. Right. It's something that we, we we're confident if we, if we do it right, we have the depth that we can make it work. Um, and it does allow uh, – consistent reps for our starters to stay online. That was uh, Kevin Cash talking to reporters, and among them was Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. And Mark, the fact that the Rays are using a five-day, in, in, in essence, four-starter rotation is is maybe not fully surprising, being that the Rays were going to do some unique things this year. They said that. Um, I guess maybe the way they're going about it is a little bit unexpected. Yeah, a little more different than what we thought was going to be different, Neil. And I think part of that specifically was when Kevin Cash first explained this going into spring training, it was that they were going to use kind of this four-starter, five-day uh, arrangement for the first six weeks of the season. There's a pretty good point of demarcation right around midway, midway, mid-May. Excuse me. They have uh, eight off days in a 38-day period right after the first couple days of the season. So you could see the point there. If you had five, you'd be constantly pushing guys back. Some guys would be pitching on six or even seven days because there's a couple of you know, two off days around a couple game situations. But it was surprising to hear him say they plan to carry it deeper into the season and, and conceivably all season. I mean, I think he acknowledged they're going to see how it works these first six weeks. It's going to take some things to go right with some of these young arms. But it's kind of innovative to think they're going to try and pull this off, and there's obviously going to be some red flags along the way. 
Certainly. And, and we'll get to those. And we'll also get to, you know, some of the reasons maybe you would do this. And one to me comes to mind, okay, we see the way some teams have done third time through the order um, against pitch, pitchers overall. And look, you're facing some of the best hitters. A lineup with Judge and Sanchez and, and uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Lineups with Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez and Okay, if you're going to, at times, with your fifth starter, rather than have a fifth starter, have a couple guys go once through the order, it kind of does make sense from that regard. Well, and, and a couple of these guys, like the Rays have seen them start, too. I mean, Austin Pro did some good things, and he had, obviously, that magical game in Houston, but he's had some t- trouble going through lineups a couple times. Kittredge is a guy who's just been used in a couple innings. Matt Andres is the one guy that stands out to me that would maybe be that fifth starter, but they obviously feel like he's going to be more effective in this multiple inning role. So I think it, it's kind of the way the Rays are looking at it is they're using their assets more to their advantage. They think they're taking better advantage of this. I mean, is this going to catch on to our Major League Baseball? I guess we'll see how it works. I mean, I do know the reaction today uh, across the Twitterverse when this came out was all over the place. It was, it's the greatest idea, it's the worst idea, and a lot of people are in the middle. But, you know, I think the Rays, you know, at least give them credit for going with their conviction here. They think this is the best way to do it. Obviously, if it doesn't work, they can end up picking one of these guys and go back to more of a traditional fifth starter setup, especially when they start playing a lot of days in a row and you have those stretches of 16 or 18 or 19 games in a row. But for now, it's going to be a lot of curiosity to see how this works, and the competition is for who these uh, guys are going to be in these multiple-inning reliever roles. No doubt about that. You know, even in Andres' case, you mentioned him as fifth starter. You know, I pulled up his career numbers. 677, I think, OPS first time through the order. Over 800 second time, over 900 the third time through the order. So even for him, you know, it, it certainly makes sense. And I think, you know, the other piece of that is, you know, not only the teams that you're facing, but also the fact that you could match up a righty the first time through the order, a lefty the second time through the order, and then you have the lead, use the bullpen really with the guys you want to in seven, eight, nine. Yeah, you know, in theory, there'll be an eight-man bullpen now, four starters, eight-man bullpen, so there's one extra weapon down there. It's going to take a lot of coordination, though. I mean, Kyle Snyder, I hope he knew, uh, I'm sure he knew what he was signing up for, but it's going to take a lot of work, and, and maybe that's part of the whole Rocco Baldelli job that we were trying to figure out, you know, that major league field coordinator, just keeping all these things straight because they're going to have to have uh, not only – their availability at the major league level to make sure there's always going to be a couple guys available that you know haven't been used the day before or if they need two or three days to bounce back. And also to make sure there's guys available to come up from AAA. I mean, I know Kevin Cash said no when I asked him this question on Wednesday, but I think the point was that this will lead to a shuttle. This will lead to some guys, the guys who were at Durham. Some of those guys will end up getting brought up because they're always going to want to make sure there's a fresh arm to handle a couple of those multiple inning assignments every, on a nightly basis. And I think part of it, too, is also figuring out, okay, what guys are able to bounce back quickly and pitch maybe 40 times a year, three innings at a time, and which guys are better off pitching rotationally in Durham and being an insurance policy in case somebody gets hurt or in case they want a fresh arm to start a game and go four or five innings. And that's something they're going to find out really during a better part of the rest of spring training. Yeah, and I think you know Kevin Cash said that that's going to be kind of a critical thing to determine over these next three weeks. I mean, opening day is three weeks from Thursday, so that's really not a lot of time left. And they're going to have to sort out you know who is able to bounce back and which guys need two days, which guys need three days, because that's going to be pretty critical too. And you know, it's interesting because if you're one of these pitchers, are you going to typically in spring training, even if you're a young guy, you're always being told you know don't push it, don't push it. 
you know, you just do what you normally do. But if you're competing for one of these jobs, the opportunity is there to show, hey, I can bounce back after two days and I can go three innings again or something like that. I think you're going to see guys airing it out a little bit. Speaking of pushing it, um, the Rays have maybe eight or nine of these guys on the 40-man who could fulfill multi-inning roles. But um, are they concerned about the depth now? Even with all those guys, because of the loss now of Jose De Leon, on top of Brent Honeywell, you broke the story that he needs Tommy John surgery. Yeah, I mean, just you know, continuing, it's been a rough, a rough stretch for the Rays this spring, Neil, and and you know, losing Brent Honeywell, who was their top pitching prospect, a top fifteen prospect throughout Major League Baseball, was obviously a major, major blow. He was going to pitch in the big leagues, and I think pitch a lot for them this year, even though probably not at the beginning. Jose De Leon is another big loss, not quite as big. His stock had fallen quite a bit. But, you know, you just think of when the Rays got him January of 2017, even up trade for Logan Forsyth with the Dodgers. There were a lot of glowing reports about Jose DeLeon. They thought he'd be a guy who would step in that rotation maybe even at some point in 2017 and, and be a guy they could count on in 2018. Now they're looking at, you know, the middle of 2019 at the soonest. And, you know, it was a couple of things. He had a lot of injuries last year. He just pitched a one day in the big leagues. He was on the DL, I think more than he was active at the minor league level. He had three different stints, two are arm-related. So when this injury occurred, what really caused it, that's still all to be uh, learned here by us. But the reality is they're going to be without another one of their guys, Jose De Leon, for a long time. And now the question is, do they take advantage of that roster spot, put them on the 60-day when they need a roster spot, or do they end up really with a 38-man working roster for the 2018 season. It's something we're going to follow. The other thing, I think you did a really nice job writing the stories about Carlos Gomez and what people think of him and his potential impact on the team. And, you know, he's made a pretty good impression in his first couple of days in camp. Yeah, I think just the way he fit in right away. And, and Kevin Cash said just something really, you know, innocuous about him. I think it was on Wednesday, but it was really kind of telling was he said just seeing how he was already involved in all the conversations in the clubhouse. You know, a lot of times a new guy, even a veteran guy, is going to you know, kind of do their own thing and let people you know, come up to them when they want. But Carlos Gomez made it very clear, I think, in his comments to all of us in the media the other day that you know, he wanted the other players to know, you know this reputation he has as a guy who stirs it up and things like that. That's how he is to opponents, that he is here for his team. He wants to be here for his team to play for them. He wants to be a leader in the clubhouse for them. He said he welcomes the young guys to come up. He goes, I just want them to think I'm a normal guy and come ask me stuff. I've been in the league 10 years. I think I know what I'm doing. And he really has some presence. I mean, the Rays have a couple of veterans. I mean, Wilson Ramos has been around a while. Denard Spann has been around a while. Uh, Johnny Venters from the uh, non-roster side of the pitching staff. Sergio Romo is on the roster. So they've got a handful of guys who have a little bit of that been there, done that cachet. But Carlos Gomez is a little different. I mean, I, I think people kind of refer to him as like the Neil Solon to the team, the guy who stirs it up and mixes it up a little bit and you know maybe pisses off a few people along the way. I hope I don't have that reputation for ticking off some people. I, I don't think I do, but Mark obviously does. All right, let's move on to, you know, we know that Carlos Gomez is going to be in right field. We don't know who's going to be at second base. We're going to hear from Joey Wendell later in the podcast. Ryan Schimpf being shipped out because of Carlos Gomez and traded to the Braves after I would assume they had shown interest has one less person in the mix for the second base area, which is still to be determined. It's going to be interesting, too. And in a, in a weird way that Carlos Gomez is the reason that Schimpf gets sent out and he's from the same hometown in the Dominican as Willie Adamas. And now Willie Adamas is going to be in the mix at second base, although granted on the outside looking in is the way Kevin Cash put it. But I think the Rays are at least going to look at him. I think going into this, even with the, the multiple competition, Neil, it looked to me like 
you know, Joey Wendell was a the guy they really liked defensively. Daniel Robertson has proved he can play in the big leagues, and maybe it was going to be some kind of combination of them and Robertson being able to be a little bit more of a utility-type guy as well, fill in at short, fill in at third when necessary. They're trying him in the outfield. Uh, but Micah Johnson's making it interesting. This is a guy who's looked really, really good in the outfield, which is where he played most of last year when he was healthy uh, with the Braves. But he's got a lot of speed. And if he can play second base well enough, I think he presents a little bit of an interesting look as well. There's certainly a lot to talk about and a lot to figure out over the next few weeks for sure. And, Mark, we appreciate some time. And uh, he's going to stay in a one-man rotation in terms of working all the beat stuff for the Tampa Bay Times. Topper, thank you. All right, Carlos. Anytime. That is Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, and I have no response for that. Well, we certainly appreciate Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times joining us. Of course, he broke the story about Jose de Leon, the bullpen, the pitching staff for the Rays still to be determined. And really one of the other pieces in the puzzle for Tampa Bay is figuring out who's going to play second base. Willie Adamas is maybe on the outside looking in, at least to begin the year. Uh, Joey Wendell, Daniel Robertson, Micah Johnson are among those in camp vying for the job. And one of the guys I spoke to about the second base job is Joey Wendell. I asked Joey a little bit about uh, how it was getting designated for assignment by the A's and then traded to the Rays. You know, getting designated for assignment is is never something a player um, wants to happen to them. You never really know. Uh, if it's going to happen or when it's going to happen. So, um, but you always know it's a possibility. So, uh, obviously disappointed when I got designated for assignment by the Athletics. Um, had nothing good, nothing but good things to say about uh, them and the organization that they run. Um, but when I got claimed by the Rays, um, I was pretty, pretty excited. Or traded for or the Rays. Um, it's pretty, pretty exciting, and, and you know, I'm, I was looking forward to the opportunity that has been presented to me here in spring training. Um, and so far, camp's been going really well. Um, you know, good clubhouse, good group of guys in here. Um, everybody's just been really welcoming and outgoing towards me. It seems like it's a very um, approachable group of guys, um, especially the you know the front office and, and the coaching staff have been very welcoming. So overall, things have been going really well so far. The Rays had, at one time either claimed or made trades in a very short period for three second basemen or three guys who's primary spot is second you Micah and Ryan Schimpf and obviously it appears that you were the one that they liked the most because the other two had been either designated or outrighted since how does it make you feel about your potential for making a club this year yeah I mean I mean obviously I'm happy that I'm still on the roster and um you know what I'm focused on is just playing every day um and just coming out here and and competing in spring training and and you know the rest will we'll leave up to the people who's that who's you know that's their job so you grew up in in westchester were you a phillies fan growing up how'd you get hooked on the game of baseball uh yeah i was you know i was a phillies fan growing up um my dad loved baseball i have two older brothers who both played baseball and i just kind of followed in their footsteps i just love the game ever since i was you know old enough to walk old enough to put a glove on my hand i've been playing baseball how did when did you realize it could be your profession, your your life? Um, it, you know, it's probably a, a little bit later than than most people. Um, after my junior year of college, I had a good summer ball season, and and it was then that the the possibility of getting drafted kind of kind of came about. So, like I said, maybe a little bit later than than a lot of other players. Um, and then the following season, as a senior, I had a good year and got drafted by the Indians. Do you consider yourself kind of an underdog type guy because of you know kind of the path that you've taken? Yeah. And are you are 
How would you consider yourself as a player? Uh, I mean, I, I don't really like to look at it like that. Um, you know, maybe I, I, I grew a little later as a kid. I didn't get recruited to a ton of colleges. Um, but I've always felt like I, you know, I've been, been confident in my abilities, and, and I don't want to take on the underdog role or whatever. Uh, people are going to put that, uh, you know, say whatever they want to say. Uh, you know, I've just always kind of tried to handle my business and go about things the way I know how to go about things, play hard, and, and hopefully the rest will take care of itself. And I guess more so, some guys who maybe are a little less heralded carry a little bit of a chip in a good way. They use it to kind of motivate them to, you know, help them through sure yeah I mean you know I certainly wasn't like a, a highly touted prospect when I was first drafted or anything like that I'm sure a lot of people didn't really really know who I am so you know you want to get put on people's map you want to you want to make a splash and and uh, you know show early on that you can compete with with some of the bigger guys so talking to some of the folks who were in the a system uh, a lot of them at least not in Nashville raved about your defense is that your calling card and if not what are your greatest strengths you think as a ball player um, I mean I don't know if it's offense, defense. I just pride myself on trying to be as well-balanced as I can. Um, you know, like I told you earlier, I was kind of a late bloomer and, and didn't grow till a little later, so I kind of always prided myself on my defense. I was always a little kid that could field but could never hit the ball out of the infield. Um, and then as I kind of grew into my body, some of the, the balls that I hit started to go further, and I felt like I've always, um, you know, been able to hold my own defensively. And I think at some point in my career I kind of became – quote-unquote uh, um, an offensive first second baseman and then at another point I was a defensive first so um, whatever people are going to say whatever they want but I, I, I'm just you know I, I'm trying to be the best all-around baseball player that I can be. We haven't seen it a lot just because of opportunity but I'm told you're a guy who will take the extra base KK has got a reputation for that and look he's a guy who also blossomed a little bit sure. later too do you have you kind of picked his brain and gotten to know him a little bit too? Yeah, I gotten to know him a little bit. Not not in terms of baseball specifically, but just um, around the clubhouse. He's certainly a guy that a lot of people have looked up to, and um, you know, he, he's definitely a guy that if I have a question, I would I would go to him as one of the first guys to ask it. Um, and yeah, it, just that aggressive style of play is has always been a part of my game. And if there's an extra base to be had, then hopefully I can take it. And that's kind of what the Rays are pushing this year, right? I mean, you're talking about a team that's more of a high-contact team, maybe not as many home runs as they've hit the last couple of years, but guys will put it in play and make things happen. Sure. I mean, 90 feet, no matter where you can get it, no matter how you can take it away, is always going to be important for a ball club. So, you know, I'm here to take some away on defense and hopefully get a few extras on offense. Certainly appreciate the time of one Joey Wendell joining us on the podcast today. Also appreciate Mark Topkins' time, and we thank you for listening. Don't forget, Countdown to Opening Day is coming up this weekend. Our guests on the program will include Nathan Ovaldi, key piece of the rotation, and also third base coach Matt Cutrero. And that will be a podcast if you don't hear it Saturday and Sunday on Monday. Again, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk with you soon.